starring Bela Day in... But, Ma, that's my favorite movie. Oh, well, all right. But don't you spend too much time in front of that TV. Do you hear me? Yes, Ma. Hello. I am your host, Bela Day, and welcome to my podcast, But Ma, That's My Favorite Movie. We will discuss all kinds of movies, and since there are so many to choose from, every episode will either be a fun theme based on a subject, for example, But Ma, That's My Favorite Kid in a Movie, or we will analyze one particular movie. We will also play trivia games and have conversations about creative topics related to film. I'll even have some guests join me along the way. So grab your popcorn, take a seat, and let the show begin. Hello, everybody. I am your host, Bila Day, and welcome to my podcast, But Ma, that's my favorite movie. And welcome to the very first episode, which is titled, But Ma, that's my favorite drama movie. Now, we got a lot more drama to talk about other than what's going on in these movies. But before we get all to that, I must say, if you are a new listener Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you are a returning listener, you a real one, period. And I am glad that you have came back. So since we have so much to cover in this episode, I'm going to go ahead and just lay out what we will be talking about today, okay? So the first thing on the agenda today is I will be introducing myself and also talking about why I started the podcast, how I came up with the podcast name, and basically how the podcast will be formatted, what you can expect from it. Then I am going to go into what happened previously with the podcast and fill y'all in with the details and just let you know what's up and just clear a lot of things up that I'm pretty sure people are wondering. Then we're going to get into the grand event, the poubla, the creme de la creme, the main course, the you know, the main, you know, the main event. We're going to get into the movies that we will be talking about today. And I just want to say the title of this episode is definitely in homage to the current events of everything that was happening. It only felt so appropriate to name it this, okay? (laughs) All right, without further ado, let's get into this thing. All right, so first thing, why did I start this podcast? Well, I have a passion for movies. I absolutely love movies. I adore them. I am a theater kid. I love everything to do with film, the behind the scenes, costumes, scripts, characters, character development. Just, I I love film so much. And I'm actually an aspiring filmmaker. And I remember at, this was a couple years ago, I wanted to create a movie discussion 
with other people besides myself, okay? And I was really interested in creating a group where I just shared my thoughts and came up with like these different themes related to film, like questions, thought-provoking questions for people. Um, and so I created like a Facebook group and that didn't really hold up because the people I invited, they, they were writers like me, but at the same time, we all kind of they weren't like film like screenwriters or they 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 love they like film but not as much as I did or on the level of how I want to talk about it and so that didn't work out I wanted to create this like like a movie club group locally that never came into that never came to life so then um when I was introduced to podcasting I didn't know how easy or complicated it was and when I saw my ex-friend do their podcast I was like oh wow the way they're doing it I could do that too and so I just decided to combine both of the ideas having this audio format and talking about movies on it and then just posting it online you know very simple easy peasy lemon squeezy okay now how did I come up with the name I love naming things. I love giving things titles. That's my undiscovered talent is naming things. I'm good at it, okay? And when I was thinking of a title for this podcast, I was like, well, what is something that's different? What is something that's not out there? And of course, I ran through a couple different names and some of them were taken. And when I had landed on this name, I I got the vibe of thinking about someone defending, not like defending their movie like an aggressive way or anything, but we all, when it comes to movies, there could be like these huge debates about it. It can be these thoughtful conversations. It could be fun there's just so many different outcomes of it and so when i came up with this name i was kind of thinking of someone just saying hey like that's my favorite movie <laughs> and i was like oh well that's kind of perfect you know and then i just talk about the movies that i like so in this podcast the way it's going to be formatted is each episode i'm either going to have a theme a focused theme on a particular subject so just like for example, what we're doing today, we're talking about drama movies. So I'm going more off of a genre and picking the movies based on this genre. And of course, there can be multiple genres within a movie, but as long as it has that main genre in there, then then that will be a main factor as to why that movie was chosen for the episode. But I will have other titles that may not be related to the genre. It could be related to just the subject in the movie. So if we're talking about movie starring kids or teens or movies about people's lives, historical events. I mean, there's just the, the list can go on and on and on. And there are just so many movies out there that can fit in so many different categories. And of course, the way I'm picking the movies 
it's based on my opinion of how I feel that they fit within the subject, of course. And so in those theme episodes, I will talk about two movies. But if I have a guest on, then I will talk about one movie and then they will talk about one movie. Or we may just collectively choose two movies and we both discuss them at the same time. Something else to expect will be movie analysis. I will every now and again talk about just one movie in an episode. And normally that's going to be titled, But Ma, That's Insert Movie. And I will be giving commentary based on the scenes, the characters, the plot, the themes, all that good stuff. So to give a little bit more about Mua. So I am a 20-something that loves movies. I have always had a passion for them. I think they movies are one of the greatest platforms that has ever graced this earth. We are undeserving of movies. And I just, I really love them. I love talking about them. I mean, if I hear someone talking about, if they bring up a movie, and they're like, oh yeah, have you seen blank movie? My ears perk up and I'm like, huh, what? Wait, what are we talking about? Wait, oh, okay, let me, okay, yeah, I did see that movie. Or I haven't seen that movie, tell me about it. That's one of my favorite things to do. And especially for the fact that I am an aspiring filmmaker. I am a filmmaker. I am a filmmaker. I made one film, but I'm a filmmaker. And I, I just love, I just, I don't know. Movies give me such a great feeling. I can either feel empowered. I can feel sad. I can feel angry. Or one of my most favorite things to feel for movies is inspired. If I leave a movie theater and I feel inspired, then like that's my ish. That's that's my high. That's what I get high off if I leave a movie theater because I feel like I can go home and push out a script. If I see something that's great and it makes me want to create something that's great, then it, it's just one of it's one of the best feelings ever. And I'm a theater kid. I'm a movie buff. I, I mean, that's pretty much what kind of what my life revolves around. And I figure, I guess I just said, Hey, can't make movies. How about I just talk about them? And so that is where I'm at today. So are y'all ready? Are you ready to get into some things? All right. So let's go ahead. The tea is piping hot. It's ready to be poured. So if you are a returning listener, you know that I previously was working with a host and we did have this podcast together and there was a disagreement and to kind of go back, start from the beginning a little bit. It was a situation where I didn't feel like the creativity or just the... I guess you could say the worth ethic wasn't being reciprocated. I'm the type of person when I go into something, I go all into it, especially if I'm passionate about it. And I'm going to expect that from the person because when I initially, I came up with the idea to start it. I said, hey, let's do this podcast because he had a podcast. I went on there a couple times. We talked about movies on there, but we talked about movies that were coming out when I created this podcast, I was like, hey, we should do this together because we did have a good dynamic. He's a cool person. 
I thought we sounded good together. And so I was trying to open up the the process of developing it together because I did. I wanted to it I wanted to make it an us thing. And initially I remember he did tell me when because I would come up with ideas and I would ask for his input. And then I would ask him, What do you want to do? Like what do you want to do? What ideas do you have? And there wasn't much there. And so I just took the initiative. And that has that was what I was doing the whole time. We were almost a year of making the podcast. Next month would have made it a year. And I just we we had one discussion previously where I explained my feelings. I said, hey, this is an us podcast, even though he did initially was like, I don't want to really say anything because I feel like this is your thing. But I truly genuinely wanted it to be ideas coming from both ends. I did not want it to feel like I was just calling the shots. And so I gave plenty, plenty, plenty opportunity for him to speak up, come up with ideas and if we had any different ideas of what we wanted to do, to sit down and discuss it, be adults about it. And when we had the one discussion about how I felt, because at this point, I was really taking initiative and I was really serious about it. Because the first like five episodes we did were a mess. They were all over the place. And I remember there wasn't any ideas coming from his end. So I said, well, let me just take charge. Let me create some type of format for it and during those five episodes there was never any discussion like hey this kind of sounds like a mess let's get it together because we were all over the place and then there was just the fact that everything felt like it was on me it felt like this was more my project because I I just I was putting a lot of not only the work into the hours we spent recording episodes, but just the after hours of it and controlling social media. And we did create some standards in the beginning, like, hey, I'll do these social medias, you do this one. But I mean, I couldn't wait to see when he was going to post something because I'm a very I'm a go getter. I'm like, hey, we need to get this done. We need to get this done. I'm on it. I'm not going to sit back and be like, well, they're in charge of that. So let's just see what they do. Because I wanted us to be active on all the different platforms. And I definitely wanted the work to be equal, equal responsibilities, but it was hard to do. Like I was saying, when we initially talked, I expressed these concerns. And there was like one segment we did. Uh, which was the What You Watching, which came from his podcast, where we would talk about movies that were coming up that previous week. And so he took over that. And then I was thinking, okay, we had the heart to heart. Things are going to get better. And then it just it stayed the same. And I can tell his focus wasn't all on this podcast. He wasn't in it as much as I was. And then when I expressed my concerns recently with him, instead of let's have a discussion about what he what more he can do it was him making excuses as to why he can't do more and if we're going to go into this as partners there has to be that equal responsibility on both ends just showing up isn't enough you can't partner with someone now of course, if it's established in the beginning, you're doing all the work, I'm just going to do this, then that's different. But nothing was ever established. And as I was trying to make it a partnership 
and he wanted it to be a partnership. It just, it, it wasn't equal. And so I did get to the point where I said, um, yeah, this is not going to work. We're adults. I don't want to have to keep having discussions about what you should be doing because you are a grown man and I'm a grown woman and we're both trying to be entrepreneurs. So if I'm not the lead in this, I shouldn't have to tell you what to do. You should kind of take heed to what I'm doing. So you're like, okay, she's doing this. Okay, let me do this. Just step in, step in and step up. And when, when I told him, I feel like this is more my thing. Now, mind you, I didn't say like, I don't want you to be a part of this podcast. I want you to stay away from me. You're no longer going to be on it. I never said that. I just said, I feel like it's more my thing. I should have the sole ownership of it. And we can still, but we can still do this together. I'm still going to ask for your input. I'm not going to be a complete B word and be like, I don't want your input. I don't want you to have anything to do with it. I just wanted to define that line to say, hey, I am, this is more of my thing. I'm putting the most work in. We can still do this together. I still want your input on things. But when it comes to like executive decisions and things like that, I'm going to go ahead and take that role. And he didn't appreciate it. He didn't like any of the actions I wanted to take. And so his response was because I didn't tell him what he should have done, which I thought that was a weird thing to ask. His response was to delete all the episodes and block me on Facebook, which initially everything was really crazy how it turned out. But I wanted to re-upload everything just for the fact that not only was his voice on there, it was mine as well. So I figured I would re-upload the episodes and then just kind of start fresh from the where we last left off. But in my initial re-upload the episodes, he had went and deleted because we we both had access to every, we yeah we had access to everything, all the social medias, the email, all of that. Then. When I did try to upload again, it was deleted again. So it was deleted twice. And that probably sounds confusing. I initially uploaded it. Or no, he originally deleted it. I tried to upload it again. Then he deleted it again. And then I guess he emailed Anchor or whatever. I'm not sure what all steps he took. But I figured since he was going to go in and delete it, the account should just be deleted anyways because... I wanted to start fresh. And after talking to friends and family, I realized I should start fresh in more than one way. So besides, you know, because of what happened, deleting the account, I should just go ahead and start from the beginning with the episodes. I know it sucks to be 30 something episodes into a podcast and having to start over. But hey, I could have been 100 episodes in. I could have been much, much deeper in, in, a, in a much weirder predicament than what I am now. And it's okay. I'm okay with it. This is something that I'm super passionate about. This is something I enjoy doing. This is something I love doing. And I'm going to continue doing it. And I'm not going to let anyone stop me from doing it. I know what I want to do. And... When I have the eye on the prize, I go for it. That's the type of person I am. There aren't a lot of things in life that I go after because of fear, because of depression, because of whatever. But when I do set my eyes on something, I go all the way in. And this is something that I am super passionate about and that I do want to continue. 
So I look forward to the future. I'm excited and I just, I can't wait to build the episodes back up to where it was and to have different guests on this podcast and to come up with bigger and better ideas. There's so many different movies that I want to discuss and it's just going to be a really good time. And I want y'all to join me along the way and let's just do this together and we'll get through this. We're all in this together. You know, I never really cared for High School Musical. Like I truly, truly didn't. So now that we got that all out the way, let's get into the main event. Let us talk about some movies. If I let Jim die, is that the same thing as killing him? Oh, honey, Jim is already dead. That is me going in with the quote from the movie, premonition and those line exchanges were between Sandra Bullock's character Linda and Kate Milligan who plays Joanne the mother now this movie premonition I remember seeing it 13 years ago okay when I was a spring chicken and I remember watching this movie and just thinking how great it was because there were so many twists, so many turns. And you're holding on to your seat the whole movie because you're trying to figure out what the heck is going on. But it's not what the heck is going on. Like, this is stupid. Why am I watching this? But it was, I'm interested to know what's happening, what's going to happen next because of just how it was set up. Now, this movie actually came out March 16, 2007. Can you believe that? It, it feels like 2007 was maybe like eight years ago, and that was 13 years ago. It blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. So let's just get into it. This movie actually starts off where Jim surprises Linda with their own home. And initially, initially Linda was kind of hesitant, like, oh my God, you got us a whole freaking house. And of course, you can tell the intentions are... They're getting this house because they want, he wants to start a family. He's ready to start a family with her. And so they share this very sweet moment. And then we end up fast forward, fast forwarding to where they do have two, I don't want to say grown up kids, but they, they, they're at this point, they're like, I think like maybe 10 and eight, something like that. So they have some children at this point. And Linda is sleeping. She gets awakened by her kids. And the first thing that they ask their mom is, where's dad? Now, we don't know where dad is. We don't know where he's gone. We don't know why he's gone. But the kids are asking, where's dad? And Linda says something to the effect of, that's not a way to wake your mom up in the morning. Because instead of saying that what they said they could have said oh hey mom morning mom and the first thing they worried about is daddy and so she ends up taking him to school it's a normal day she's drops him off at school she goes home to do chores around the house because she's a stay she's a stay-at-home mom and so she ends up listening to her voicemails the house phone voicemails <laughs> 
Can you believe we had house phones in 2007? And so she's listening to the voicemail. She hears her husband come up and he's talking to her about, hey, what I said the other night, I really meant it. So you could tell there was probably some type of tension that happened. We don't know exactly. And she ends up calling him back and we could tell that she's called him a couple times because she goes, hey, I got your message. Reply to my message when you get it. And then not too long after that, there's a knock at the door. It's this cop. And he informs her that her husband died yesterday. And that they tried to get to her as soon as possible. But I guess there was some type of events or maybe identifying the body or something happened where they weren't able to get to her that day. But she's get, she's gotten the shock of her life. She's like, what? The heck? I just heard him on a voicemail. How? What? Why? How? And so she's has a lot going through her head because she's like, I'm going to have to explain to my kids that their dad is no longer here. I can't even grasp the concept that he's not here yet. No matter what's happened between them, which we don't know at this point, we just know that she lost her husband. So she gets her kids she, you know, is trying to, she's going through the motions. She's just trying to figure everything out. She has her mom come over, who's going to help her with the girls, because of course she can't do it alone. The mom even stays the night and she ends up going to one of the rooms upstairs. I think it's like a guest bedroom because she's going to be by her daughter's side because it's going to be rough and they're going to have to start planning stuff and stuff is about to get real. The next morning, Linda wakes up she immediately goes to talk to her mom. When she knocks on the door, the door kind of opens because it wasn't fully closed and she sees no one in the room. And she's kind of confused because she's like, she's just like, uh, why would my mom not be here? That's kind of weird. So she hears a little bit of noise downstairs and she walks downstairs as she's walking to the kitchen at one point, she sees a briefcase against the wall. And she's like, okay, that's weird. And then when she walks into the kitchen, she sees her husband watching TV, sitting at the bar stool, alive. And it freaks her out because she's like, this isn't a dream. I, I'm waking up. This is a reality. I was just told you were dead yesterday. Now you're alive? And she's just in shock. She is in pure shock. And the kids run downstairs and it's crazy because they end up, the dad ends up saying a line similar to what she said in like the very, like the second scene of the movie, which is, that's not a way to wake up to your mom. And he says something similar to her. And then she's just kind of looking at him and staring at him like, are you real? What's happening? I'm just so confused. And so the dad ends up dropping the girls off at school everything's normal and then he ends up coming home and she's still in shock that he's alive and when the night comes they're settled down into their rooms she can't help but to just look at him and soak in that okay maybe it was a bad dream he's here then the next day so we're on day three at this point she wakes up and she's, first off, not in the clothes she was the previous day. And she sees this wine glass sitting on the side table 
next to the bed. She sees uh, this cover that's covering this uh, mirror in her room. She sees crushed pills in the sink and she's just like, what the heck happened? She goes downstairs to a bunch of friends and family members waiting on her as they are going to be on their way to the funeral soon. Well, that, you know, that's what we end up learning, that they're going to be on their way to the funeral soon. And so her mom and her best friend come up to her immediately and like, oh, okay, are you okay? Are you okay? And she's just kind of like, wait, he's not dead. What are y'all doing? Why are y'all here? He's not dead. I just seen him yesterday. And they're like, oh, well, you should probably get some more rest. And she was like, no, I don't want no more rest because when I get rest and I wake up, freaky stuff happens. So no, I don't want no more rest, okay? And I don't blame her. I wouldn't want no, want no more either because every time I wake up, something's happening. That I didn't know, I don't know why it's happening. So she goes outside. She sees her two little girls. One of the little girls actually has all these like stitches on her face and she's in shock and she's like oh my god what happened to your face and her other little girl's like mommy she doesn't have anything on her face and linda's like um like thinking yeah i do see scars on her face but maybe something was said that makes her little girl say that so she's just all types of confused but she decides to embrace her daughters and then one of the daughters asks, mommy what was it like when daddy died and Linda's like, I don't know, I wasn't there. And then the other daughter that has the scars, she says, well, how do you know he's dead? And so of course, with just the pattern of events that have happened, she is really curious if her husband is actually dead. And so once they actually make it to the church where they're gonna have the funeral, she comes up with the idea to really check to see if her husband is dead. So they have the hearse out there, they have the body, and they're preparing to bring it into the church. And Linda comes up to the funeral director and is like, hey, let me see what's in the casket. Like, I need to see this. And it's just for her own confirmation because of all of the confusing events that have happened. And so the funeral director's like, ma'am, we're gonna bring him in there, calm down, calm down. And she's trying to de-escalate the situation because Linda's very persistent on seeing if her husband's actually in that casket. And eventually it gets to a point where the two, I'm not sure what their positions were, but those two guys who were supposed to be carrying the casket. And as all this chaos is going on, Linda's trying to see it, the funeral director's trying to stop her. When, as they are picking up the casket, they end up dropping it, I guess it was too heavy. And when they drop it, the casket opens and a head rolls out. And the funeral director was like, Basically, I forgot to mention he was decapitated. But of course, they don't want to tell her that. And and it's very possible that they did tell her that already, but she just didn't remember because everything is just out of sorts. And that's how the whole movie is, is there's all these different pieces to the puzzle. And as you keep watching it, they slowly begin to link together, fit together. Everything starts to make sense. It's out of place in the most perfect way. And it is so interesting. It is so gripping. And of course, Sandra Bullock is amazing. She's an amazing actress. And this was a movie that she did so good in. And I just, I really enjoyed her performance. I thought everyone was up to par in this movie. Very, very good. And actually, let's get into who all is in this movie. So, of course, we have Sandra Bullock, uh, maybe some 
movies that you'll remember her from is I believe it's called The Blind Side. She played in Miss Congeniality. She played in Gravity, The Proposal, Speed. Oh my God, Speed. Most recently, Bird Box. She's been in a whole slew of movies. She's an amazing actress. Then we have The Mother, played by Kate Milligan. Um, she played in the original Dracula, I believe. Maybe that was original Dracula. Maybe that was a remake in 1979. I think this was the movie I know personally I know her from, but she she does have some other movies as well. Um, then we have Julian McMahon and he I never watched this show, but this was I remember a prominent show in the early 2000s. It was called Nip Tuck. Um, and then he also oh, and he also played the villain in Fantastic Four. He played in other shows like Charmed and, and yeah, some other little movies. Then we have Amber Valletta and she played in Hitch alongside Will Smith. Uh, that's one that I remember her in. And then the best friend was actually played by Nia Long, the Nia Long. I say one of her like mainstream movies was Big Mama's House. But I know her from Friday. I know her from Boys in the Hood soul food and just many other movies this Nia Long is the one of the great black dresses that has graced Hollywood and she is super super talented definitely underrated but she is such a great talent and when I was watching this movie again I had completely forgot that she was in this movie when I saw it it was a great surprise even though I seen this movie 13 years ago it was still a great surprise remembering that she was in it then we also have Mark McCulley, and none of his movies stuck out to me that I know, so I pretty much just know him from this movie. The director is Menan Yapo, and this was someone else. I wasn't quite sure about the other movies that they directed, but Premonition was the one that did stick out to me. All right, so to get into some trivia, um, some things you may not have known about this movie or that happened behind the scenes. Well, I'm going to tell you. So this film was supposed to take place to be filmed in New Orleans. But Hurricane Katrina had forced the filmmakers to choose a different location. When you work in film, nothing is ever guaranteed. There's so many things that can go wrong. There's, there's probably a lot more things that go wrong than right. And it's never what you expect it to be. You think it's going to be one way and it's not. And... You know, it just happens. So in one of the scenes, um, Sandra is restrained and she's struggling to get free. She actually ends up really cutting herself in this scene on like this metal part. And the following scene, she's supposed to be sedated. So they give her the shot. But it actually turns out she was really given a shot, but it was for tetanus. I thought that was pretty cool. And to be honest, those are all the most interesting facts that I found from this movie. Are y'all ready for another movie? Y'all or nah? When you can stop, you don't want to. And when you want to stop, you can't. That is a line from the next movie we will be getting into, which is titled Candy. And that line was from the character Casper, played by Joffrey Rush. Now, this is one of my favorite movies. I love this movie dearly. I remember when I heard about Heath Ledger's passing, 
I went on this kick to watch all of his movies. I, when someone passes away, this is, I believe, a common interest amongst the amongst the majority that you're very interested in their works at that point. You want to see what they've done. And I, I definitely did that. And this is definitely, besides The Dark Knight, this was one of my other favorite movies that he did. And let's see. So this movie came out September 8th of 2006. Now, okay, I didn't realize this initially, but the first movie I talked about came out in 2007. And this movie came out in 2006. This movie came out a year before the other one. That's pretty crazy. It's fate, guys. It's all in the stars. All right, so let's get into this movie. So we have a poet named Dan who falls in love with this artist named Candy. Dan is a heroin addict. So we're dealing with a drug love story. Some people may like it. Some people may not be into that. But I love deep. I, I, you know what? I love me a drama. I love me a good drama. And this this is a good drama. And if you love the love story mixed into it as well, then you will enjoy it. So Dan is an addict. Candy, I can tell she's like experimented into stuff like this. But I don't. she's not as hardcore. Because the second scene into the movie, because the first scene is kind of, in the title it's the, well, it's like the the title credits the beginning title credits and then we get into the story where we see that this is the beginning of the relationship dan is shooting up and candy is wanting to shoot up as well and they have this friend named schumann who is like you know setting up the drugs i sound like such a square setting up the drugs and he when she says hey i want to do that too they're like no just snort it and then she's like, well, Dan's doing it, like, shooting up. Why can't I? And Schumann's like, he's a follower, Candy. You know, he, he be a leader. You know, be better than us. Even though we're uh, to being total bad examples right now. Be better than us. And so she's like, um, no, I want to shoot up just like y'all, period. And then they give in and they're like, if she wants to do it, let her do it. And her first time that she does it, she almost ends up overdosing. And the scene is Dan is laying against the wall, sitting up against the wall right next to the tub because she's in the bathroom. She's in the tub. She ends up slumping over it, like almost going under the water. Dan freaks out. He tries to wake her up. She's not waking up. She's really not responsive. Then he yells at Schumann to get saline solution. Get, okay, get the water, put some salt into it. And then, you know, he's going to put it in a syringe to shoot it up. And I didn't know if that was like something that actually worked to help like counteract, I guess, if someone's having an overdose. If you put that in their veins, it will just like wake them up. I don't know how true that is, but that's what he ends up doing. She actually ends up waking up and then she says something on the lines like, wow, like that was good. That was a good time. Because I guess wherever she went to, it wasn't as chaotic or as bad as it looked as they Dan was trying to get her back up. So then we get to know them as a couple a lot more. Because initially you can tell Candy's ambitious. She's a writer. I mean, she's not a writer. She's a, an artist. She paints. That's her passion. And we don't really see what Dan's passions are or what his ambitions are or aspirations. 
he's just at this point he's just a druggie and they're just together in the beginning we're getting a lot of this carefree love this passion everything is good because they're getting their high together you can tell he has influenced her i mean she probably tried drugs before but i don't but i don't think it was to the extent of how much he does drugs to the point that it's an actual addiction and that he literally lives off of it but anywho they're having a good time they're having fun everything is bliss but then they start getting to a point where they are exhausting all of their resources they're selling things while well, selling their personal belongings they're borrowing money from friends and family and they just begin to exhaust everything and so they have to take drastic measures in order to support their habit and this is when the trouble comes in the person that's having to take these drastic measures who's having to make the most sacrifices ends up being candy because she's the woman so she has to sacrifice her body because that's the quickest way for some women to make money as sex workers which is you know really sad i don't think anyone initially wants to go in to do that but sometimes you have to do what you got to do and so she ends up making that sacrifice for the both of them and candy starts becoming a different person because she's no longer partaking in her art and this is her life now having to always go after the high and Dan, he, uh, like what they say in the film, she'll she said to her mom when we meet their parents, she goes, he's hopeless. You know, that's, I mean, that's literally described him. That's all he was. He, and I can tell he didn't have malice or bad intentions about Candy being the one make the, making the sacrifice. But at the same time, we don't know much about him and where he came from and what he if he ever had goals or anything or how he even got started into his addiction but all we do know is that he's been chasing this high he's gotten her involved now but now he's using her to reap the benefits and it does cause that strain in their relationship and things start you know to turn for the worse because I can personally relate to Candy being an artist and then not going from one extreme of going after your passion and then not going after it at all because you wake up and you're like what am I doing with my life what is the meaning of it what why can't I pursue my passion like I want to how did I end up here and so throughout the movie we are dealing with their struggle with addiction and trying to maintain it and then just the strain that it ends up putting on their what once blissful relationship what I love the most about this movie was the poetic bits that were sprinkled in. Dan would narrate the film and as he narrated it, it was symbolized what was going on, but it was done in a poetic way. And one of the poems that is in the movie is by E.E. E. Cummings, I carry my heart with me, I carry it in. Oh. I love this. I love this poem so much. Okay, I'm actually going to go ahead and read the poem because I just love it so much. I carry your heart with me. I carry it in my heart. I am never without it. 
Anywhere I go, you go, my dear. And whatever is done by only me is your doing, my darling. I fear no fate, for you are my fate, my sweet. I want no world, for beautiful you are my world, my true. And it's you are whoever a moon has always meant, and whatever a sun will always sing is you. Here is the deepest secret nobody knows. Here is the root of the root and the bud of the bud and the sky of the sky of a tree called life, which grows higher than soul can hope or mind can hide. And this is the wonder that's keeping the stars apart. I carry your heart. I carry it in my heart. Ugh, every time I hear this poem or when I'm watching the movie and I hear Heath Ledger do it I love the poem itself but he made me love it even more another thing that's cool about this movie is the fact that it was a book it was a book written by Luke Davies and in the actual book they go through three different stages and they do the same thing in the movie as well but they change it up so in the book they the different stages the part well part one is invincibility part two is the kingdom of momentum part three the momentum of change and in the movie they break it up in stages of heaven earth and hell and it's just it's a it's a good story about love and addiction and just the effects it can have and we're watching these two people and seeing what everything that they go through which is a lot and it's sad and it's beautiful at the same time it's what you would call tragically beautiful all right so we were able to get through the two movies we did it so what we're gonna go ahead and do now is I actually want to do a birthday shout out I want to do a birthday shout out to my stepmom, Candice. Her birthday is actually June 5th, which is tomorrow. Woo woo! Happy birthday to you. I hope you enjoy it. And moving on from that, please follow our social media if you want to keep up to date with the episodes. If you want to know what's going on, if there's anything coming out, or just any information pertaining to the show, definitely follow our social medias. We have Facebook, pretty much, but Ma, that's my favorite movie, is all over Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you literally search that name, it's going to pop up because we're the only one with this name. And hopefully there should be a website coming soon and you can follow us on all major platforms. Okay, something I almost forgot and I have to fit this bad boy in because for some reason I keep forgetting to do it. But anyways, okay, so before y'all go, I know y'all probably tired, y'all ready to go to bed, y'all ready to get on to do whatever you need to do. But here, there's one last thing I got to say, okay. So in the beginning, when I was talking about the podcast itself and I said that I will possibly be having guests join me in some of the episodes, well, 
Something that I want to do with each guest is ask them two different questions. And these are questions, one, that I think can help us get to know the guests that we're having on that episode. And also, I just think they're interesting questions to ask somebody pertaining to film. So the two questions I'm going to ask, one, what genre would you describe your life as? And you can use as many genres as you want. You can use one genre, whatever. And two, well, this is kind of a two-part question, or it's either you answer one or you answer both. But it's going to be, what is your best movie experience you've ever had? Or describe one of your first movie experiences. And what I'm about to do right now is I'm going to answer these questions. Because, of course, I can't ask people these questions and then not answer myself. Plus, I really want to because I like them. Anywho, so if I could describe my life as a genre, I would say a drama fantasy. And drama because we go through drama in life. I've had makeups, breakups, reconnected with friends, disconnected with friends, quit jobs, got into arguments. I mean, the whole nine yards, which who hasn't? We've all, we all have a story to tell about things that we've been through in life. And so, of course, that's where the drama comes from. And two, fantasy. I say fantasy because I'm always in my freaking head. And since I'm a creative, I always imagine scenarios, how I would want them to play out, or I would like, I make up scenarios in my head. And when I'm listening to music, I'm an imagine, I, I imagine it playing behind me. And I'm just always in my head a lot. And I'm always really imaginative about things that are happening around me. And sometimes I could be in a room and I could be like, oh my God, I just imagine myself catwalking with wind blowing or, you know, me doing a dramatic scene with someone or everyone, you know, it's just, I'm, 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 I'm crazy y'all. Don't pay no mind to me, but that's the genres I would give my life. Okay. Two question. So I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to talk about as far as the best movie experience and a little bit of the first movie experience. Okay, so best movie experience, like I mentioned at the beginning of the po podcast, when I go to a movie and I feel inspired and it makes me want to write a script afterwards, those are one of my best movie experiences. Like an individual, so I can't really say an individual one, but one off the top of my head, when I saw the movie Black Swan, I remember, oh my God, I want to create something just as great as this movie. And that movie came out in 2010. I remember leaving that movie theater thinking that. And that's one that sticks out in my head. And then the other question, my first movie experience. The one that sticks out to me was when I went to go see Toy Story 2. And, and my mama swears up and down that we did not go see that movie together. Or that she didn't take us to see that movie. Or no, hold on. She does remember that one. I think that was the Grinch I told her. I remember her taking me. She was like, I don't remember that. I'm like, girl, you took me to go see that movie, girl. But I remember Toy Story 2 and I remember crying. I remember sitting in a movie theater and I remember crying. Because when Jessie was given up by her owner. Well, she was left on the freaking side of the road by her owner. And, you know, I have, I have so many memories with, like, going to movies with my dad. Going to movies with my aunt. 
going to movies with my best friend. Like I just, I, I have my boyfriend. I just have so many good memories from movies. And that's why I enjoy them because th those are some of my fondest memories is enjoying them with friends and family members. And I, what I love about movies is they mimic reality to a certain extent and they can really give us a different view of life. They can make us look in the mirror at our reflections to see what we're doing, what our role is in this world. And it could just really open our eyes and it's so impactful and it's so influential to the masses. It, it It isn't just for adults. It isn't just for kids. Well, it depends what type of movie we're talking about here. Of course, if it's a rated R movie or NC-17 or whatever. But overall, it can just, it can reach the masses. It can get people to think. It can entertain. Ultimately, that's what movies are, to entertain. It can entertain you. It can make you cry. It can make you sad. It can make you feel um, and that's just one of the movies is one of the greatest mediums, in my opinion. And I just love it. And you know what else? I hope y'all loved this first episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please share. Please rate. If you would like to be a guest on here, or if you have any ideas about any themes you would like me to cover or movies you'd like me to talk about, you can reach me at but ma that's my favorite movie at gmail.com. Alright, guys, I am out of here. The show is over. The credits have rolled. And I will see y'all the next showing. Bye.